0: David. Yes, Laura. Do you believe in destiny?
1: I do. I I think that there is that there there's something to the things that happen in life. I mean, like something may happen and then you think in that moment, oh, why is this happening right now? But then you get a little bit further down the road and you're like, Oh, well, there could be some explanation behind that. So I I think there can be like a, a common thread of of some things through life. For sure.
0: I mean, everybody's got their opinion, right? And um, I don't know. I can go both ways. I know life is full of choices. We all have free will and we choose many roads to avoid, many roads to pursue, but I do believe a lot in destiny. Um, I think that each person's time, date, and place of birth is no accident. I think we're born into families that we're born into for a reason. I think that people, experiences, events that cross our paths are kind of destined to come into your life. I don't know. It's just me. I just think that a lot of life is part of something that's bigger or that's already predetermined. And um, I've been very lucky, weirdly, to meet many Glennon humans who seem to be here because of destiny. I mean, yes, we have a lot of people who work at Glennon because of our mission or because they love children or because there was a job opening in their field when they came here. But there are some people working in the halls of Glennon that have these incredible destiny stories that are so cool where Glennon was just there at a particular time in life, and there was some crazy alignment in the stars.
1: Yeah, it might have something to do with our logo. I mean, we got a big sun. The sun's a star. So it just aligns for people. It is a star. Yeah, I'm a space nerd. I, I had to throw that in about there. That. Yeah, we got this nice star above our name. It's pretty cool.
0: It is pretty cool. And I love hearing these stories because, you know, this alignment worked out and then it resulted in them dedicating their life to serving a Clinton. And today, We are bringing the world one such story, which is very near and dear to our hearts. It's
1: very exciting.
0: Yes. We are going to introduce everyone to Aaron Wright. Aaron is the Senior Production Consultant for SSM Health Cardinal Glennon Children's Foundation, and he is the producer of this podcast.
1: He's on the other side of the cameras and the microphones of this podcast.
0: He is. So
1: anytime I speak... If he doesn't like it, he can try to cut it out.
0: And you never, unless I start talking
1: whenever it's not (laughs) a good time for him to cut it.
0: (laughs) And he is here today with his wife Sarah, who is awesome and beautiful. And together, they are going to share their Glennon journey with us.
1: It's very exciting. Aaron, come on down. You're the next contestant on the Glennon Factor.
0: Hey, this is crazy. Yeah. We have family here together today. (laughs) It's weird seeing you on this side of the
1: camera. It's weird being
2: on this side of the camera.
1: But it's refreshing because people need to see who you are too. That's right. Maybe we should tell them. Yes. (laughs) No, we're just going to keep it a secret.
0: (laughs) We want to officially welcome Aaron Wright and his amazing Gorgeous wife, Sarah. (laughs) Y'all can't see her, but she's beautiful and glowing. (laughs) And we know them, but we want the rest of the audience to know them. So why don't you do the honors and tell everybody about yourselves? Who are you? Where you come from? Where'd you meet? All the things.
2: Yeah. Well, I guess first thing is um, I'm the producer of the podcast, so I also get to edit. So I Anything you... We're going to make it really anything, difficult for you anything. today. <laughs> <laughs> Go easy on me, guys. No, I'm just
1: going to come in here and just start talking whenever you talk.
2: Okay, you're going to wait for me to talk. Yeah, and because then, it's yeah. just
1: going to be fun for you to...
2: <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Have right. to try
1: and trim it later.
2: <laughs> well, we live uh, we live in southern Illinois in a little town called Anna. I joined to a town called Jonesboro, so Anna Jonesboro, um, and... My commute to work is 140.1 miles from my driveway to my favorite parking spot. not that I've measured or anything but <laughs> <laughs> I think we're gonna get into that I think uh, but uh, yeah we're it's about two and a half hours from the house to here depending on the lovely i-55 traffic.
1: How's that how is that 55 traffic treating you? I
2: don't want to talk about it.
3: Well, hopefully I get they'll, to hear a lot of it at home. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully they'll get
1: those bridges sorted out soon. Yeah,
2: <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, so we we both uh, we both grew up in this little town together, and uh, our friends were friends, and we weren't friends in high school, and uh, found each other afterwards, and going to a Bible study together.
0: So you guys are humming along. Mm-hmm. You are married. You're in your careers and you become pregnant with your first child, a boy.
3: The whole process of finding out that I was pregnant was insane (laughs) because I started a uh, 100 day workout challenge and um, this is my first workout challenge that I uh, actually committed to. And I took my pictures and I was weighing myself and towards the end, which was in May, um, I took my last weigh-in and my last picture and I kept thinking like, what is happening? Like I was doing so good and now I kind of plateaued and it was the end of the program. I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like what is happening? And I was getting kind of upset and then I was like, you know, I'm just gonna just see and sure enough, I was like, well, that explains why. <laughs> and so uh, I told him and we were kind of like excited, but also like dumb, like, whoa, I can't believe this is happening. And then um, it was just kind of all surreal for a little bit. We kind of kept it to ourselves for a few weeks. Um, and then we eventually told our family um, and they were all excited for us, but then we um, Luckily, it was in the summer, so I wasn't working. And I had to experience the first trimester sickness and being tired. And it was, it was a little rough, but but we were excited. And we just, I, I automatically knew it was a boy before they told us. I was like, I just know this is a boy and had no worries because my mom, all of her pregnancies were fine. She had no complications. So you go in and you do
0: what many couples do. You go in for your... Anatomy scan. Yeah.
3: And tell me about that. I remember it taking longer when they were doing the anatomy scan, but I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was just protocol, just making sure everything was okay. Um, and then we went into a room to talk to the doctor and she's like, well, we found some, I think what they called bright spots or something. Um, she said, we found a couple. She said, doesn't mean that there's an issue. She said, sometimes they turn out to be nothing. She said, but when we see stuff like that, we want to send you to a specialist just because we don't have the equipment to really investigate what that is.
0: Okay. So you, you hang tight, you yeah. go to the maternal fetal medicine specialist and mm-hmm. you get another layer of information.
3: Um, I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was such a blur because we were just kind of like, an out-of-body experience, I guess, like you're not really sure uh, what to think in that moment. Um, So we got to the room, and everybody was super nice, and um, they were having me move all different directions, go to this side, go to that side, and they were like, we're trying to move him because he's not wanting us to see certain parts, and so we were trying to get him to move and all that stuff, and giving me things like sugary drinks to see if I'd get him to jiggle around and stuff um we were there for a while like probably the ultrasound took a little hour maybe over an hour um
2: well she was sore like yeah she, it, it was you know so much ultrasound push on yeah. you and all that she stuff. was she was it was so long that yeah she was sore yeah. afterwards
3: yeah they told us that um they saw something wrong with the heart um and they said we're gonna send you to Cardinal Glenn, and and from there, they'll give you your diagnosis. So I
2: have the, I have the advantage of knowing, um, what we did an interview with, uh, Katie, Katie Francis is her name, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. in the
1: fetal care Institute.
2: And she, she referred to the fetal care Institute as, um, the gatekeepers of Cardinal Glennon. And (laughs) after going, what we had gone through, I was like, Holy smokes. There couldn't be a more adequate description of, of what that place is. And, and, uh, you know, we you go in there and you're you're just there for a while. So they they make sure that you're comfortable. And people come in, people come out. You know, we didn't know the significance of the doctors at the time, but we know now. You know, Doctor Peterson is cardiologist, and Doctor Tan um, was pretty new to going in at the time, I think. Um,
1: Doctor Tan, one of the surgeons. Yeah, one yeah. of the
2: surgeons, um, and she was coming in to to I think replace Doctor Fiore. And uh, work with his, with Rowan's main surgeon, Dr. Huddleston. Uh, And it was, it was a long day. (laughs) We found out, um, we found out that day that he has a condition called HLHS. And basically, he just doesn't have a left ventricle.
1: What does uh, HLHS stand for? Hypoplastic left heart syndrome. Yes.
0: Which is pretty rare from what I understand. Yes. About one in Mm 4,000 babies. Pretty close. Yeah. I did
2: after you after uh, well in preparation I did the math again because I've done it before but it's point zero 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 three percent chance of getting HLHS so wow. yeah yeah we're lucky
3: yeah which is it's to this day we're still shocked because nobody in our family has heart problems
2: <laughs> you got this just reminded me you guys we got to go to Young's.
3: We gotta know. Go what, to you know, you've heard me what talk about
2: this. Young's is an important place to us. One, because they have the best chicken strips in the area.
1: <laughs> you have talked about Young's before. <laughs> where yeah, is Young's?
2: Bringing it up again. Well, I don't know exactly where. I know it's underneath railroad tracks, and so that's the important in part. In St. Louis? It's in yeah. St.
1: Louis County. So it's in like the Fenton Valley Park area, right? Because isn't it like it? I think it's like at 141 and 44.
0: And why do we need to go there?
1: Well, okay. First off,
2: they have the best chicken strips. Okay. And they say that. Well, I went there with some friends one time, worked with some guys up here in St. Louis. And um, I didn't know very many places in St. Louis. I just knew that one and I liked it. So after this appointment at Fetal Care Institute, we're exhausted and I and just hollow. And I was like, let's go to Young's. And uh, <laughs> I want some chicken strips and a shake. And that's where we went. So it's a special place to us oh, now. yeah. And uh, you guys they really are really good chicken strips we're going yeah we're, we're so there. going We're going let's to go young. today <laughs> yeah <laughs> my, my buddy today. kyle was like i don't mean to be disrespectful but like what makes your chicken strips the best and she was like well it starts with our custom breading profile and then and he was like i don't need to hear anymore that's good <laughs>
0: that's good for me <laughs> yeah okay so you get a diagnosis with a big fancy word Yes. That you've never heard before. Yes. There's a lot of language going on. Yeah. That is a whole nother foreign language that you got to learn super quick. Yeah. And uh, what are you told at that appointment minimally? Are you told a roadmap? Did they kind of go through, hey, here's some basics that yeah. you need to know today. And then we're going to get more details yeah. as we go. So what were what were some of the basics? What was some um, of the, the big dot points, I guess that they had to tell you. So I
3: I remember them telling us that as of now, he is fine in the womb because I'm supporting everything. Cause that was my first concern. Is he going to make it like before he needs to be delivered? Um, so they reassured us that that was fine. Um, but then they said, the next thing that's going to happen is, is you will have to deliver up here in St. Louis. We're two and a half hours away. Um, in the midst of COVID, by the way, which family members were not allowed in hospitals. So um, it would just be us. And um, they said, that's the first thing. And then whenever he's born, he'll be immediately transferred to Cardinal Glennon. Um, And then shortly after that, he'll have to have his first open heart surgery. Um, And then at that point, as a parent, you're, you don't want to think this way, but you're like, okay, like, what's the mortality rate? Like, that's the first thing that comes to your mind because this is a big deal. This is a baby who has an almond size heart. Like, how is this going to work? And so they gave us that uh, mortality rate and sort of like, okay. And they said, um, and they gave us like all different types of examples. Like there are some babies that make it. There's some babies that don't like, it's just, it really just depends on the child and how, um, how they are when they're on this side of The world. Um, And so that was a lot to take in. Um, And so then they told us um, after that, um, we could be staying in the hospital. They said sometimes they've seen kids go home within two to three weeks. They've seen kids stay in there for months. Um, It really just depends on how he responds to everything. Um, And then they told us that there will be another surgery he will have to have when he's about five to six months. And then Uh, he'll have to have another one when he's about three to five years old. So, um, just hearing, first of all, your child has to have open heart surgery at just being a baby and then has to have two more. It was like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like this is going to be super hard. (laughs) And far away. Yeah. And
0: not within your control. Yeah. So What are you leaning on besides each other at that point?
2: Well, the responsible thing to say is, is God, I I would say, um, that is true and, and is ever present. Um, but the first thing we thought of was just our families. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's nice that we have both her parents, my parents, they live around us. So it was nice that they were there and, and can be as so supportive as, as they're allowed to be with, with the COVID restrictions. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, both of our families, you know, we met church. So, um, it instantly it was like, well, what do you do when you don't have any control is you just pray as much as you can. Yeah. And our community really gathered around us and, and, uh, I mean one of the blessings was um we have a family friend that had a a place for all of us to stay in St. Louis for five i mean five minutes from here. I think it's called the towers maybe it's just an apartment apartment buildings and our parents could stay there and Sarah's mom left the uh, NICU camera on her phone all the literally the all, entire time so yeah. um yeah I
0: mean I mean how crazy is that? And we have so many families who struggle with so many barriers like yes. that with places to stay and like, oh, my God. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And, yeah. You know, I I just keep thinking there's reasons that each of these things was in your path that led yeah. us to today, you know. So, okay, so you meet with the team. You schedule an induction day. Yeah. That's going to happen at St. Mary's. And that was january yes and then we have delivery day yeah so so rowan's born january 18th at saint mary's so talk to me about his birth and how he was at birth and what happened in that kind of immediate time frame right after he was born
3: so uh the whole process probably went as best as you could imagine (laughs) um because we didn't know what to expect. Um, you hear horror stories of like healthy babies entering the world. <laughs> um, and so we just, we didn't know. I remember walking down the hallway and feeling, even though I'm, I was 30 at the time when I was pregnant, I felt like a little kid walking into a hospital, getting ready to have a surgery and you're just, you're, you're shaking because your nerves are just so on the high right now. Um, we had a great nighttime nurse. She was wonderful. She like, I think she was literally just for us because she, I felt like she was in our room all the time. Um, and then, uh, once the process happened, there were, uh, there were, which surprised me at first, there was only two doctors and us two. And I kept thinking like, if this is, if he has an issue, shouldn't there be more people in here? Like I was really worried. But then once he was here, our room was flooded probably with 25, 30 people in that room.
2: Sarah's mom was seated at the end of the hallway and, uh, she saw the mass of people and Mm. (laughs) she thought something went wrong. Yeah. But, uh, um, you know, I'm taking pictures and, and video and, and the whole time. And, uh, um, in the mix of, um, Rowan's born and Sarah's main concern is I just want to hear, I just want to hear him cry. And he, He does nice and strong and and loud and he's, um, what was he? Seven pounds,
3: Um, seven pounds, six ounces, Six ounces,
2: 20 inches long. And which is kind of an average size for a baby. So for a heart baby, he, he did good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm taking pictures, doing video, doing my thing. And when all these people come in, one of the nurses that had been in there with us, um, during labor was like, you let me take a picture with you three. And, Um, yeah, we got that picture and, and then he was gone. He, I mean, it was, how quickly did they, did they get him? It was, it was two minutes and it was probably about 90 seconds longer than the transport team wanted. Yeah. They wanted him, they wanted him on on monitors quick.
3: Yeah. They have to, because I'm no longer supporting him. He's on his own. And so he has to be put on things very quickly. Um, and so, and back to what Aaron said that I wanted to just, I wanted to hear him scream because they said strong lungs is very important for kids who have, uh, one ventricle. Um, they took him, and then we got settled into a, um, settled for a little bit. And then the transport team brought him and he was just in this big cube. (laughs) There was a little hole that I could stick my finger through and rub his little arm and Aaron got, the perfect picture of him, like perfect. He's just laying in the cube with his hands up above his by his head and he's just peacefully sleeping. But as soon as I touched him, he started crying.
2: It's it's, uh, st- it's still maybe the best picture I've ever taken, but he's he's touching his ears, which he still does. Still does And, he, and, he, <laughs> and he touches our ears. Yep. And still I find myself that. driving down the interstate and I'm fiddling with my ear and I'm like, I'm not... I'm I've never done this before. It's funny that, you know, you Apple do didn't think,
1: fall for, fall for the tree. I guess. Yeah.
2: yeah. I don't know. Maybe he taught me how to do it. It's, yeah, It's funny, but
0: I'm yeah, am thinking it was... about each of these moments that probably was so fast for you, like walking down that hall, getting ready to go into your room. The moment that you hear him cry, the moment that you see him in the incubator, like it's all so fast, but it's all like. This is the beginning of so much unknown. Yeah. So much like, you know, home is home, and all of a sudden you're going to be in a place for a very long time yeah. that becomes your other home that you never wanted to know, right? <laughs> yeah. And and
2: well, you get in. Yeah. We well, we. Um, I always describe the days at Cardinal Glennon as the the longest, shortest days of your life. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we, you know, I, I said. Goodbye to Sarah because she had to, she had to stay at the hospital for 24 hours.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, so it was a, a while before she could get over to Glennon. So I went ahead and I, w- I, uh, was driven over, um, by Sarah's mom to, to Cardinal Glennon and he, he's in, uh, probably a, what do they call those? A giraffe, a giraffe.
0: Oh, there's all kinds of beds, but
3: he was probably bed. in a giraffe bed and yeah.
2: a giraffe bed. A fancy and, one. Uh, just literally just don't know what to do with myself. So I'm just standing mind there. Mind you, and-
3: he's by himself because no one could go in with him. <laughs> Aaron's by himself, brand new dad with a brand new baby, does not have me at the time because I still have to stay at the hospital, doesn't have his parents. So he's taking one for the team. And at the time, he wouldn't admit it to me, but he was terrified.
1: Yeah, what what's, what's going through your mind? I mean, like, because I can't even imagine, like, I've got – two boys but they they're both healthy and they were not born during COVID so like I what what's going through your brain I was
0: gonna say let's talk about that let's talk about because we have so I think about how many new parents period bring their babies to the NICU and then you're like double downing on that during COVID right you know without yeah. Support network and without yeah. So is
2: just- an interesting place in the hospital because it's both quiet and there's unrest everywhere. Um it's quiet because babies don't get out of bed. <laughs> and babies and, need to sleep. And babies yeah. sleep a lot. And, I those and little especially ones. though yeah, there's a lot of you know, he he was full basically full term. So he was one of the oldest patients mm-hmm. in in that unit. Um, but you know, he was relatively quiet um, himself. So, um, the NICU, you know, there, there is calm, but also there are monitors that monitor everything. And when the babies are so little, those monitors, those sensors have a hard time being accurate. So their alarms are, are often alarming. And you don't know that when you get there, you just see a, a red flashing light on the screen and, Numbers that you don't understand and, and you hear beeping and, and, and you hear an alarm going off and sometimes a nurse comes and sometimes they don't and you don't know what's going
0: on. So let's talk, let's talk about the, um, I don't want to say positive, negative, like, but let's talk about the how, cause that's a tough job for them. Mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking of what them meaning the staff in the NICU, yeah. you know, um, because that's where they meet people right is is the the extreme fear the extreme anxiety the extreme loss of control that you guys have so how did they help tame that for you like what was the good what was the good what was the welcoming what was the solace and then we'll talk about the nerve-wracking parts too so
3: one of the good things was is um eventually when i got to Cardinal Glennon. Um, I was unfortunately in a wheelchair cause I was, it's still in a lot of pain from having a baby. Um, I mean, so, that's a lot of work. Yes. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't walk. And so we had to wheel me back there. And, um, one of the positives was, is that, um, anytime I would walk, they would be like, are you mama? And I'd be like, yeah. And they're like, First of all, they would say your baby's gorgeous, <laughs> mm. and then he was too. By the way, <laughs> yes.
2: he, he's a good-looking kid. Yes. I told her when, before we had a baby, I was like if he's ugly, I'm not telling. I'm not saying he's cute. But- <laughs> and we're like, oh, your baby's so beautiful. They're, like they're not all beautiful. Some yeah.
3: of them look
1: like aliens. <laughs> <laughs> you, you learn the word breathtaking.
3: Yes, or bless his heart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what they say in So <laughs> if they don't think you're that cute, anyway. Um, but so, yeah, that was the first thing. And then, um, like just being in there and they want to give you your space. Cause there's some families that they're just like, this is our family. Like if we need you, we'll have you in here, but otherwise we don't need you in here. I, however, was like, I want you in here. <laughs> I wish you could be in my room 24 seven because this is terrifying. Um, but they, um, they give you your space, but then they also, They just know, like when you're on the verge of freaking out or on the verge of worrying or whatever, um, they just know because there were things that were going off in the room and I'm a quiet person. And so I wouldn't say anything. I'd be like, What is that? What's what's going on? All that stuff. Like, I wouldn't say anything, but I would you could tell from my body language that I was like, Okay, what's what's happening? Like that's going off. And they'd be like, That's just this. Like that's all that is. Um, And then they they would also explain, because Aaron said, sometimes they won't come into the room. They have a monitor themselves. They are constantly watching. They have the knowledge of what all that stuff is. And they say, we can see what's happening. And nine times out of ten, if this looks like this, it's probably because the the monitor came off. Because he had a little monitor on his foot that he would constantly kick off. And at the time, we didn't know that's what that noise was. Um, But... Anyway, so they would constantly remind you that, listen, we're watching. Like, we know what's going on. Um, But the biggest thing was is that um, Aaron and I did not stay at night at the hospital. For one, these rooms are tiny. (laughs) They only have a couch and a chair, and that couch barely fit Aaron. Um, And there's just – there's not enough room. And we at the time, like, especially me, I was like, I – I don't know it was like the room was closing in on me and I was like I can't stay in this room we have to I need we need to leave I said I know that sounds bad because my kids here but I can't stay in this room and so the nurse that we had that night I was like in tears because I felt like a bad mom and she was so wonderful she reassured me she said he's going to be fine she said we have the cameras you can watch him she said, I promise you, if anything happens, I will call you. She said, but he will be fine. She said, don't worry about it. You're not a bad mom. You're not the first parent that can't stay here. Um. So she reassured us that it's okay to leave your baby because he's in great hands. And I probably didn't sleep a wink, even though <laughs> I wanted to sleep. I just checked that camera the entire time. Um. And we got there the next day and... She, she actually, we got there before shift change and, uh, she was just like, he did great. She said, he, he slept the entire time. She said, I did all I need to do. He slept through it all. And it was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) like that was a relief.
0: (laughs) I love how you learned the terms shift change. (laughs) Seven
1: to
3: seven. Yep. (laughs) Yes.
0: And you know, and they do that and they do a very good job at encouraging you to go yes. because they also know, they know what you don't know. Yeah. They know your road ahead Yes, and they know the energy that you need to yes. conserve for the road ahead. Yes. And, um, yeah.
3: Yes. They it's strategic know. Yeah. in a way. <laughs> they, they don't even know me and they know my best interest. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. So, yeah.
0: I, um, want you guys to talk about, um, Because you were both first-time parents, Um, never mind the fact that you were NICU parents. But uh, um, there are so many things that I feel like are just natural impulses and inclinations for new parents to want to do. Mm -hmm. Hold your baby, Mm -hmm. feed your baby, cuddle your baby, all the things. So talk to me about the, I don't want to say controls, but the things that you can't do that maybe tugged at you. Yeah.
3: Well, the first thing is, any time a baby cries, your first instinct is to pick them up. <laughs> um, but with a baby that's hooked up to all types of things and has IVs coming in and out of everywhere, and um, the specific thing with him was um, they had to have specific IVs where his belly button was because that's where the umbilical cord was um, to help get what he needs to the heart quicker um, to keep it doing it what it should be doing. Um, so. Like laying on his belly was not an option. Laying up on my chest, doing skin to skin was not an option. Um, anytime he did cry, it was more of just put our hands by his head to soothe him. Um, and then if we did wanted to hold him, it was a whole team to try and pick this little baby up with all types of things on him just to put him in my arms. And he's awkward in your arms because you can't <laughs> hold a baby like you normally would. And um, But it was the it was so crazy to me when the first time that I hold him held him um he it was like he just knew that I was his mom and he just he relaxed and i remember the nurse saying like we have not seen his levels that stable since he's been here so he must know that you're mama <laughs> and so he fell asleep he did <laughs> <laughs> and so you can i mean they'll let you hold him as long as you want to hold him um, so I think I held him for like two hours, two and a half hours. I don't even know. Um You probably needed that so yes. Bad, <laughs> yes. So that's one of the struggles. Um the other struggle is obviously feeding them. Um I couldn't breastfeed at the time because he was hooked up to everything. So I was Well, hump. he couldn't
2: he wasn't allowed to that's eat. That's right. Either. He
3: wasn't allowed to yeah. eat. He didn't eat for thirteen days. Um they were feeding him through a tube. So he couldn't have anything. So I had to pump to keep up my milk supply and all of that stuff for when he could. Um, so not being able to give him what a baby's supposed to need, um, was really hard. Um, and not have like the biggest thing that new moms talk about, cause it's more for the moms than dads is the, just the immediate connection you get with your kid. I mean, the first thing they do when you have a baby is they put them directly on your chest. And then they clean them up, and then they need to weigh them, and then they're back on your chest. I didn't get that connection. And at the time, I was really worried that that was going to be a problem. He's three, and he I can't get away from him. <laughs> so it was not a problem. He's,
1: he's, <laughs> he's making up for lost yes, time. Yes,
3: he's very sure. attached to mom right now. So it was not a problem. They just they acclimate to what they have. And even though I wasn't able to cuddle him. Like I wanted to, it was still enough for him. So.
0: Well, like you said, you know, now you can laugh about it, right? <laughs> you know, but then it's like, oh my God, like you have the weight of the world, right? Yeah. I mean, you have all of this heart stuff. And then it's just like, am I not going to be able to bond with my baby? And am I not going to be able to do this? And oh my God, am I going to have a job when I go back home? And oh my God. (laughs) I mean, it's just a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. I,
2: I will say also just quickly to the, to the credit of every nurse that we had, not just one, um, the NICU staff is eager for you to hold the baby. Yeah. No matter how many things, I mean, he was on oxygen that was kind of delicately placed because he's got they have small heads and it's hard to get oxygen in there. And, um, you know, a, a lot of, he's a big apparatus that's got to come along and they usually need somebody to help and come clip stuff to blankets and all kinds of stuff. But every single nurse is like, do you want to hold them? When do you want to hold them? How about you, dad? Do you want to hold them now? Yeah. Um, they just know that along with the amazing care that they, they can do medically, Like, mommy and daddy help.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, it's like you said, they saw his numbers level out, right? So they know the physical benefit, but they also know the psychological benefit, not just for him, but for you guys. Yeah. That can only help them, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So all this adjusting is taking place and you have a surgery date planned, right? So the goal of the first surgery is...
3: So... It's so the, actually the first surgery was, it's called the Norwood, but, um, because they, I don't know exactly <laughs> what, um, they, why they didn't want to do in the Norwood. Um, there was something specifically that they didn't want to do the Norwood. So they decided to do a hybrid Norwood, um, because they were afraid the Norwood would be too stressful on him and he, it, he wouldn't make it. Um, so they did a hybrid, which includes clamping arteries to the lungs to restrict. Right. Am I saying that? Yeah. So they, they have these bands they place
2: (laughs) that help. Um, it's kind of like a rubber band that goes around, um, arteries to the lungs and and helps regulate how much blood is going because his heart pumps his blood, what they call passively. So, uh, some of the blood that goes to the body goes to the body twice before it comes back to the lungs. So he runs at a a much lower oxygen level. Percentage, than uh, like you or I were gonna be, like in the high 90s, and he was in the low 70s. But that's good but for him. They were yeah. okay with that. That's mm-hmm. okay for for him. He might um, look a little blue sometimes, but uh, for him, it's totally fine. Um, so we were actually at the time kind of relieved because we're like, oh, good, this hybrid surgery is easier. That sounds good. Yeah, it's yeah, easier. We'll take it. Easier for him. We'll take for that him.
0: plan. Okay, so we we have a few days in Mm -hmm. the NICU, and then it's surgery day. And then what happens is you leave the NICU environment, there's surgery, and then you recover in the pediatric intensive care unit. So talk to me about surgery day. And I'm sure, and I've heard this from many parents before, that even if you've seen the unit, even if they've talked about what you're going to see, nothing can really prepare you for seeing your baby postoperatively in yeah. the ICU.
3: The PICU is um, intensive care, meaning that you're not in good shape and you have you have a lot you have to accomplish before you can get out of the PICU. Um, so normally you would think, well, I definitely don't want to be in that location. The PICU probably was the best spot, in my opinion, um, for us, just because the amount of room that the rooms have um, – I don't, I may have some type of claustrophobia. I don't know, but <laughs> small rooms just really got to me. So there's, they're bigger. Um, but the one thing that I really uh, liked was that because he was a heart patient, um, at least for the first couple of nights, he had one nurse and that was his nurse. She was there for him and only him. And so um, that made me feel comforted that, okay, I have one person that was just constantly just caring for my child. Um, and so sitting in that room, like I I remember being in that room, but I just don't remember my thoughts or what I was thinking. I just, I think I was just, I really do think God kind of numbed me a lot during those first 23 days of Rowan's life. So I didn't really have to focus on it because I myself was trying to recover from having a baby. Your emotions are going crazy after having a baby. So I really think God just kind of was like, I'm just going to Mellow you out, <laughs> so you don't freak out. Um, it,
2: was, it was nice to have a window.
3: Yes, we didn't have a window in the. <laughs> and NICU. then I was
2: like, oh, "This is going to be great. I'm going to time lapse the sunset. It's going to look great on this video you that are I'm Not make. thinking
3: about your video. <laughs> I was.
2: I guarantee you, you could
3: ask her. Oh yeah, I even he told her. Needed like, something else to think about. Well, yeah. you know, and that's funny
0: you say that, Sarah, because like, okay, I'm no trauma specialist, but I'm thinking everything that you have just been through as a mom, right? Like mm-hmm. you said, you've just delivered, mm-hmm. you have all of this going through your head. Like yeah. I think your body, your mind has a way of yeah. just shoving things down it so does. that you don't really take it all in or yeah. you only take in what you're, what you can handle. Right. Exactly. And same with you, Aaron. I mean, it's just like, that was your way, your video, your, was your way of But yeah right it gives my
2: mind something to do and for sure um you know I you know got to get each camera the settings right for each environment and you you know control that I could control that I could build a story in my head and 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 I had the music picked out before he was here and I knew it was going to make everybody cry no matter what (laughs) no matter what everybody was going to cry when they watched that video so
0: I mean how did you deal with that dynamic? Or was that even a thing? Like were you looking at him going, Oh my no. God, like <laughs> I need you present with me and you are worried about this no. video? Because that's a thing with yeah. couples, right? Yeah. Like just dealing with I don't know whether to call it grief if that's the right word, but like yeah, dealing with trauma, dealing with grief yeah. differently, the right? Coping. And yeah, yeah. seriously. Well,
3: he he has been into videography ever since I've known him. So him having a camera was not the unusual so I was already used to having some type of camera that he wanted to film or take a picture um so it wasn't unusual but I think that we were just so um in our own head like this is what needs we didn't really focus on what the other person was doing like as far as like is that a good idea like because um I'm very like I said I'm very quiet so anytime nurses would come in I would I would say hi and talk to him, but I would let them do their thing. He, to help him get through it, he was asking questions. He was asking, okay, so what is that? So what does that mean? So what is this? Okay, so what's the next step? Like, he was like turning into a the amateur cardiologist, cardiologist, yes, basically, <laughs> asking all these questions. And I am like terrified that he's asking these questions because I don't know if I want to know what those things are. But in the end, it actually did help. <laughs> it helped us kind of understand. Okay. So that's what that is. Cause I mean, if you don't have any medical knowledge, anytime you walk into a room and there's all these machines, it's terrifying. So talk to me about his course. So talk to me about recovery or just
0: any um what do I want to call them? Like milestones or things that happen, whether it be with him or just you guys yeah. as parents in the PICU that happened during those several days.
2: So his, his first surgery is, uh, we get to brag on him because, uh, he, he was given the nickname rock star because he, uh, he recovered so much faster than, than the average. Um, there was, I don't know. I can't even begin to place who it was, but somebody was coming in to double check something and, um, he, he was looking at his clipboard and he was like, well, I had to come in here and see this. Cause I didn't believe, I thought it was a, a clerical error. I thought thought he, it was way too early for, for that. And maybe it was the, I think it was the breathing tube to be yeah. taken out. Yeah. It was, he started breathing on his own quickly, um, way faster than, than normal. So he had to come and double check and was like, all right, yes, he's breathing on his own. And so that really helped us so much through the process. People would come in and, maybe didn't even need to see him but now i'm gathering they their day was kind of crummy and they needed to see a patient that was excelling so it was nice
0: so he's getting he's a rock star yes <laughs> he's got a nickname he's excelling doing wonderful how are mom and dad are you exhausted he's getting yes. better you're getting worse <laughs>
3: um i wouldn't say worse i will say that we were getting tired mentally Just because um, there's just so much. And in the TCU, especially if it's a new baby, they have to train you if things were to go wrong, what you have to do. Because we live two and a half hours away. Um, And they wanted my mom and his mom to come because they were going to be caretakers whenever we started to go back to work. Um, so they wanted them to know how to do it as well since they were going to be taking care of him. Um and so both of our moms were there that day when we had to learn that and the doctor da- the nurse was like okay you all have to try who wants to be the first and nobody was like I, I was like it's I not can't what nobody's raising their hand no. No. and no. so the, Aaron, Aaron's like okay I'll I'll do it first.
2: Well I figured I was the tallest so yeah. like, <laughs> well, just...
3: and he said it was the most brutal thing he's ever done and he never wanted to do it again. And luckily we never had to do it again. So that was the one and only time. And like you said, he was a rock star and he ate and we didn't have to do it. The feeding tube. So, well, after
0: that, you have your first surgery. You learn how to put feeding tubes down, (laughs) CPR, the whole nine yards. So you go home. You were 23 days in the hospital between your time in the NICU, TCU, PICU, Mm -hmm. all of that. So it's time it's discharge day. Was it like, was it joy? Was it fear? Was it some of both? (laughs) And are you thinking about the next admission already? Because you have a few months before you come back in. Right.
3: I was ready. I was ready to go home. I was ready to get to our normal. Um, and so I was really excited that day. And I, <laughs> the unfortunate thing was is that we actually got pushed back a day to go home because we were scheduled to go home on July or not July, January 10th, I think not January, February. Um, but I ended up randomly getting the flu in the hospital
2: Stomach flu. The stomach flu
3: that unfortunately circulated around our whole family. Rowan obviously definitely did not get that it. Was so nice of you. Yeah. yeah. That's good <laughs> <to share. laughs> I felt horrible. I like yeah, it was bad. And so there was a night that Aaron ended up having to stay at the hospital. We were in the TCU. Um, had to stay in the hospital by himself. Um, for a while.
2: I didn't make it to the night.
3: Oh, that's right. He didn't yes. make
2: it. You So not to overshare, but I'm holding Rowan that morning, rocking him in the chair and, you know, just holding him on my chest because now we can do that. And he's so much bigger than he yeah. was when we got in the hospital. And
3: I'm, I'm no longer there.
2: So she goes and she wasn't happy about it, but she goes back to the apartment and I'm I'm there with Rowan for a while and it's, it's kind of okay. For the most part, and I'm kind of like remembering that first night in the NICU where I was by myself. I'm like, well, back to this again. And uh, there were there were things, it, you know, it still needed help to get him in and out of the bed. Um, and there was a, a moment where I'm like the, like the Super Bowl is getting ready to start. Tom Brady's about to win another ring. And I'm just like, just don't feel good at all. I'm starting to get scared again. Rowan starts crying. I'm doing all the things I can to comfort him. And you know, hold his head and and squish his feet, his knees into his chest. It's just so is comforting to them, and also actually helps pump some blood for him. And he is just not. He's just getting angrier and angrier. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what's happening to his oxygen percentage right now? So I I finally hit the um the nurses um, the what is it the, the call call light the call yeah. light, and somebody quickly comes down, and it's. <laughs> very quickly assesses that I'm not doing well. (laughs) It's pretty obvious so she's like why don't I just I'll just take him and why don't you just go try to eat something and um, she just I was like completely shocked but she just disconnects him from his sensors and takes him down the hallway to the nurse's station and I was like well I guess I'm gonna go try to eat a cliff bar so I could go down and get that and some Gatorade and come back and it's not long before I'm you know still fighting my stomach issues so I'm kind of preoccupied but I'm looking at the watch I'm watching the Super Bowl I'm like it's been a while uh or is everything okay and um they finally bring him back but he was at the nurse's station for four hours and wasn't hooked up to any monitors and it was just like the greatest first
3: time, by the way, first time he was not hooked up to anything. It was like the
2: greatest feeling uh, for (laughs) me of like, it was a moment of like, Oh,
0: you're like, and he's okay. Yeah.
2: He's he's probably going to be okay.
1: He's a rock star. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you go home and you have your time at home and a couple things happen before you come back. To Glennon. yeah, yeah, so. the
2: uh, agriculture company that I that I was working for, and coming along with, um, some of the best people I've ever worked with. They 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 had no choice but to sell the business, and the the new owner um, didn't see the value of the company at the size that it was, so he decided to downsize, and I wasn't one of the people that made the cut, so my. Uh, <laughs> One of my best friends had to tell me that knowing everything we had been through and and uh, I didn't have a job.
0: And then I'm gonna backtrack. Okay, we're back in the PICU and all this like amazing video that you're capturing. Yeah, what'd you do with that? So well, you, I had you some, did some I had some free
2: that. time to to do the editing and I had this song picked out that I wanted to use to make everybody cry. So I, I, I did put together the, together the video Um, Not very many people gave me contact information from the hospital, partially because I didn't ask. But there were a few people. And I just... I finished this video. I was very proud of it. And it's still maybe the best video I've ever made. Um, And I just sent it to... um, Sent it to the people that I had contact information for. I was like, if they like it, they'll spread it around.
3: Well, we had... We had a bunch of nurses asking because he had a camera. <laughs> he was filming things, and some and of they them were nervous
1: like, because they didn't want to be filmed doing their jobs. Yeah, um, as somebody who's coming to the hospital with a camera, nurses yeah. <laughs> scatter quickly when yeah. they see a camera. Unfortunately, so
3: once he explained what he was doing, they're like, "Oh yeah," and then um, Aaron's like, "I I can send you a copy," and they're like, "Oh yeah," and they'd give him his email and stuff. And one of the nurses, who um, at the time I don't know what her title was, but, uh, her Brooke brothers, she was in charge of, um, I think transitioning the, the families to different parts of the the department or hospital. And so she was our discharge, um, nurse. And so Aaron was like, give me your email and I'll give you this video. She's like, Oh yeah, that'd be great. And all that stuff. So he ended up, once he was done, he ended up sending it to all of them. And, um, when we came for our second surgery, which was unexpected, um, things kind of, <laughs> things just kind of fell into place and before our eyes, and it was very shocking. <laughs> so
0: we're, so we're going to talk about that, but you, <laughs> okay. So you come to the, ho- your second surgery date comes yes, and you get admitted to the hospital and you're here for about 10 ish days. So mm-hmm. shorter hospitalization, yes. however, more intense probably yes. than the yeah, first he- of the,
2: It apparently, uh, it takes a lot of cardiovascular, uh, activity, a lot of cardiovascular strength and endurance for a baby to feed. And, uh, Rowan had been doing great, honestly. I mean, we knew that that was a thing and that, um, his saturations might drop while he's feeding, but he just kind of stopped eating. He, he would feed every now and then, but he just was not eating as much as, as we knew he should be. So we came in for a checkup and Basically, like I said earlier, Huddleston was like we're doing the surgery tomorrow. it's time. Um, I think that was probably a byproduct of him only receiving the, the hybrid surgery so we get step one half instead of step one. So a planned
0: admission but not exactly planned on the day not a, not yes. yeah. we, had, we yeah.
2: had a few th- we had packed a few bags. we had a, a few things we with got us smart. And, yeah <laughs> um, so we were some prepared. I had all my camera batteries charged ready for round two. Thank goodness. <laughs> the most
3: important thing. Nothing as
2: yeah. frustrating as a dead camera battery. Exactly. It's just yeah. the worst. Um. Yeah, but it was harder. Um. You know, we knew who he was now. Yeah. You know, how many parents, you know, a newborn's incredible, but they don't have much of a personality yet. Right. Um, and
3: you're just learning them. Yeah.
0: So you've learned enough to be dangerous. Yes. <laughs> you've learned enough about the hospital to be dangerous. Yes. You get admitted. And we're going to circle back to this, but you get admitted. And that night you get a visit from Brooke, mm-hmm. who you had sent your video to. Yes. So I don't want to get into a lot of details yet, foreshadowing, but she she does come and she says, so, hey, I looked at your video.
2: Yeah. She, she was like, she was struck with, um, you know, it's, you know, one thing for a person to say, I'm going to make a video. And, uh, she was struck with the quality. <laughs> She's like, is this what you do for a living? Like, it's really good. And I said, well, I used to, and that uh, explained what had happened. And, um, she, I could just kind of see this wave of thoughts hit her in the face. And then now that I've interacted with her a lot, now I can see when her wheels are turning. But even then, I could see she was putting a lot together and and trying to measure how she wanted to say what she was gonna say. And yeah. she, and she just looked at me and she's like, "So I'm I'm friends with this guy at the foundation, our boss Todd, our lovely boss Todd." And um, she's like, "I just I do a lot of things with the foundation." And she cut herself off kind of short. She was just like. The videographer that works for them, he just quit. He just moved on. And it kind of sort of started a conversation of, well, I make videos and (laughs) I don't have a job.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And we need videos. We don't have a guy.
2: Yeah. I mean, and then there was this barrier of, well, we don't, you know, we live very far away.
0: So there wasn't a lot of conversation then because guess what? There's... I don't want to say bigger fish to fry, but kind of at the moment, wow. like, yeah, there's a big surgery that needs to happen. And and
3: she understood
0: that. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. we live three hours away. And why are we even talking about this? Yeah. And this is crazy. <laughs> and yeah, okay, this is all fun to talk about. But we, we got a heart surgery. So, yeah. so we're going to pivot back to that for a little bit. So yeah, this surgery was pretty intense and hard yes. Um, yes. on him supremely and therefore really hard on you guys so
2: well yeah i'll just i'll just start with you know the nuts and bolts like she she's pointed out so as part of this surgery it's called the glen so we actually do the norwood and the glen at the same time because um he didn't he didn't get the full norwood to begin with so that inherently adds a little more difficulty in recovery but it changes the pressures of of basically your whole body it changes the way the blood is circulated, it it's your body doesn't understand. It gets new plumbing. It doesn't understand immediately what's going on. And what inevitably happens is the pressure builds up in your head. It's kinda like your head is the top of a tube of a tooth toothpaste, but you're squeezing it and the lid's still on. So there's a lot of pain and, and discomfort. Also, you've just had major surgery that involves your chest being cut and broken open. So extra pain swelling. and recovery lots of things going on and he's uh he's (laughs) the catch-22 with him is he's he's strong so it helps with his natural recovery but he also fights sedation quite well
3: i remember the doctor saying like we can't go any higher on his pain meds and he's fighting them um And so when we heard that, we're like, well, what do we do? Like, we can't let a six-month-old be in pain like this. So um, lots of conversations. Um, We had a wonderful nurse that was uh, doing her best to kind of explain both sides. Like, well, this is what they mean by this. And um, the parents are concerned about this and all of that stuff. Because when your child's in pain, as a parent, like, You hope that you would think clearly, but you're just like, I just want him to not be in pain. I don't care how it's done. Just get him out of pain. And you're not really thinking clearly. Anything that has to do with your kid, you turn into mama bear and papa bear. And it doesn't matter who's going to stand in your way. But then you're like, okay, I have to also be a nice human being at the same time. (laughs) Because they're not there to hurt your kid. They're wanting to help your kid. (laughs)
2: The the better part of three days, he didn't really sleep. He,
3: mm-hmm.
2: he was pretty well, unless he was actually sedated. Um, he was crying and it took us and our nurse all standing around him, hands on him, comforting him to, to make any impact in his discomfort. And yeah, it, it was, it was hard.
0: It was very hard. So he didn't sleep for three days, neither did you? No. So you're working on pure exhaustion. Mm-hmm. And do you think you still like looking back, like it's been, I mean, he's a few years old now, right? Yeah. And, um, I mean, do you have trauma from that? Like, definitely. I, I don't say that lightly. Like, does that definitely, is that something that you're still like recovering from
3: a little definitely. bit?
2: Definitely. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I, 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 you know, we joke about the camera, Thing, but um, I, I didn't do it very much during those three days. But it, that whole part of me was was sort of enough for my brain to protect me from from the situation. You know, I was very obviously very present and very much there, but it it hit me hard, but not the same as it hit Sarah.
3: Yeah, um, it was it was hard because. Um, you don't want to see your child in pain. And if there's nothing you can do about it, it's hard to process. Um, so in that moment, those three days, it was really hard for me that he's only not even six months old and going through unmanageable pain, unimaginable pain. And, um... So I I struggled a lot with his second surgery, and I just felt horrible that I couldn't do anything. I'm the parent. I should be able to take care of my child and to keep him from harm and to keep him from hurting. So it really affected me. In that moment, I didn't realize that it was traumatizing to me until we were home and I we were back into our normal and then things started to set in and then I finally realized that I think, I think I have a problem. <laughs> I think I have uh, PTSD is what I was diagnosed with when I went to therapy for it. Um, so.
2: Which we had no idea you could, <laughs> you know, you think about that and you just think, well, that's for people that are like in the military and they right. see yeah. war and, and, and all those things. And, um, we we found out through that 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 what people go through at the hospital is absolutely can cause PTSD. It's a
0: different kind of war. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So he does get better. Yes. And he does go home. Yes. And you get home, and then you have a little bit of time to breathe.
3: Yes. <laughs> a little bit
0: of time to get some whatever this thing is we call normal back. Right. Yeah. And then, you pick up this awkward conversation <laughs> with this man named Todd. No, hey, that, hey, now
1: we we love Todd. He's not that awkward. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's not I, we
2: give him we make fun of him all the time.
0: but was there ever, like when you guys were in before he left the hospital, was there any more conversation? I mean, literally this first night of admission before surgery, You have this weird conversation with Brooke. There's an exchange of business cards and emails or whatever. But then really there's no more conversation about this. Oh, there's this job open at Glennon to be a videographer until
3: you're at home. Right. Like I do remember us having a conversation in the hospital, like he'd be like, what if I do work for Cardinal Glennon? And I was like, to me, I was like, that's a far fetched thing. Like you probably get the interview, but we're talking about St. Louis here. There are probably tons of people that have your degree or have this as a degree. Cause he didn't even have videography as a degree. Um, and probably more expertise and all that stuff. I said, so this, I said, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but this might be a long shot. Um, and he's like, yeah, you're right. And he said, he's like, but it would be pretty cool. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it probably
0: would be pretty cool. <laughs> like what, like at the time, is funny. I, I can totally, Sarah, like I'm you, like I'm, I'm, you know, like, well, I'm always coming up with the, well, okay, that's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. But like, what would that hypothetically, I mean, it's different being on this side of the fence now, but yeah. in that moment, just having that banter about it, like what would that have meant?
2: I didn't realize that until getting further into the process with, um, talking to Todd and actually applying, and I and I sort of had this light bulb moment. We asked um, uh, one of the cardiology. What is Barb's role? She's, I don't know. I call her the. She just she's <laughs> the like, cardiology handler she's, of the surgeons, yeah, <laughs> the keeper like of the, the surgeons, right
3: hand <laughs> man the, of the doctors. Yes. Yeah, I like <laughs> Our that. Our woman, <laughs> I, I, guess. Guess. I like I that, David, yes. the keeper of the surgeons. I like that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you
2: know, while well, I was like, oh, we get, we want to get. That'll send something like what does he like when we want to get him a gift because i think parents have this this sensation of gratitude that they can't ever repay yeah and uh i just i was like oh, i would it'll literally it'll be my job to repay these people every day so
3: yeah i to me i was still on the like unbelievable I don't think this is gonna happen type thing. (laughs) Um,
2: And then all my other opportunities that I tried to chase down because I didn't want to move. None of them worked out.
3: Do you think the timing?
0: I don't know. Like back back in my day, (laughs) like people didn't work. There wasn't an option to like work remote or there wasn't like it wasn't a thing. So yeah, is it weird that like, just the, I don't know. I'm a big destiny person, David. You and yeah. my work husband, we talk about this all the time. We do. There's and, a reason and I mean, behind there's everything. A reason, yeah. and I mean, you know, I, I just find it so crazy that, like, all of this is going on during the pandemic, and yeah. there are jobs that are now more flexible than yeah. they used to be, and yeah. the fact that you live two and a half hours away, like, yeah. in the past, that would have been a deal breaker, right? Yeah. But like now not as much, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And that was even part of the interview process. And just, you know, the world changed so drastically. And, you know, not a whole lot good has come from that. But um, for our life, this is definitely one. And, um, you know, we are going to move up here eventually. Um, But everything's been working fine. I'm just up here a couple times a week. And um constantly wishing I was up here more because I just love you guys so stinking much. <laughs> um, and I'm sure you guys can't wait for me to be here more so David and I can just quote movies even more than
1: we do now. Oh, it's it's a good thing.
0: <laughs> but you are truly the commuter. Your first day at the foundation was November 16th, 2021.
2: Yeah. And we haven't looked back yet.
0: How's it going? Let's Well, start actually, with, I want to um, hear,
2: what is what was it like for you? I want to know, David, Laura, I want to know, because I haven't heard this story. I want to know what it was like for you guys on my first day, because you didn't have a videographer for a while.
1: We didn't know. It was for several months. We, we, yeah. you know, we, we didn't know what the plan was going to be, because like, I don't know, some people didn't like, when I started here, I was doing some of the videos, but then the website grew and I had to shift into that. And so you know, like not having a videographer. It's like, I had a couple of conversations with Todd and was like, well, this is this something like, how are we going to manage this? Just like, is it going to be the two of us? And he's like, well, we'll figure that out for now. And, you know, but I've got some ideas and options, but I remember the day when we had, we had our whole team meeting, our, our marketing events team meets every week. And Todd said, um, I've got a little something that I want to show you guys. Okay. And, but back it up. Okay. I'm going back politely. Respectfully.
0: Respectfully, But Aaron, I want to address how are you guys feeling, you know, like functioning without a videographer and whatever. And okay. So for me, it wasn't so much the absence of having a person for me in my role, because I work closely with whomever is in that role when we are interviewing patients and yeah. families. Right. Yeah. So for me, it wasn't about Filling a position, because to your previous point, Sarah, about, oh, he doesn't have a degree in this and doesn't have a degree. I could care less about somebody's (laughs) credentials. Yeah. You need to be a certain kind of human to interact in intimate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Talkings, recordings, interviews with patients and families because this crap is hard, as you know, right? So my biggest concern was that we don't just fill a position because it's hard not to have somebody, but that we're filling it with the right person. So I said my little prayers every night about, (laughs) not that I want somebody who's had to endure what he's had to endure, but please give us somebody who knows this from a certain lens, right? That has the
1: who can the capture intuition it and in yes. the way that it needs to be right. captured so okay david yeah. Return. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, I mean, and also, I mean, what what helped you out is that you clearly had hours of experience filming inside of a pediatric hospital setting because of the video you put together. But so we our our team meeting, so we all we all got together and Todd said, "I I got a little something that I want to show you guys." So we you know we we got a dramatic we we turned the lights off in the boardroom (laughs) and he had it queued up on the TV screens and everything, make sure the audio was playing, and he started. Uh, He started playing this video um, of this family and through their joy of the announcement of they were getting to be a family. And then the mood shifted as the journey started shifting trajectory and all of that emotion was captured and presented To the audience Through their personal journey And I remember thinking Wow Does Todd have something to tell us About the guy who made this video (laughs)
0: And I was like, if you don't hire that person, you are the stupidest boss we have ever had.
1: That was literally the first thing that was said after we watched the video. Because I think I said, wow, Evan and Laura, you said that exact thing. I did, because I
0: have a mouth, but that's okay.
3: That's really cool to hear. Because, like, we just know our side. We don't know your guys' side and where your guys were, because, I mean... I don't think a lot of people know how much the foundation impacts a hospital. (laughs) Um, How much what you guys do. Um, And when you have a missing piece, it's like, okay, we have a lot of extra work on our hands. Um, But we also have to reach people in a certain way. And there's a lot of people, like anytime you put music to anything, it just tugs at your heart. And Aaron has that talent where he can just pick the right music. For the right situation, I wanted him to play it today, and he told me no. <laughs> I'm So mad. <laughs> so that's
0: Lincoln link description. Uh, we, we like to we don't hear say link
1: in bio anymore. <laughs> that
0: side. Well, tell us how tell us how Rowan's doing now, and then we're going to talk about Aaron now
1: <laughs>
3: yes. versus
0: Aaron before.
3: So so Rowan just turned three on uh, January eighteenth. Um, he. <sighs> he's amazing he's a handful he's everywhere i don't think he's just had his third and hopefully final surgery back in july and a little we, early yes little early they don't normally <laughs> that do that it. Rock star yeah, it, yes. it said three
2: to five and he was two and a half so. they don't
3: normally do that but they he's been it was time. doing well on the growth charts so they were confident um and anyway so we have noticed such a a tremendous amount of more energy in him. Um, he already had a lot of energy, which shocked us with being a heart baby. But now he can go for hours. He can run around. He doesn't have to. We taught him at a very young age, and it's so cute. Before he had his last surgery, he would run around. But then you could start to tell in his color that he was he was turning blue and that all that stuff. So we would tell him, "Let's take a break," and we go. Well, now he starts to do that when we say, take a break and he'll go for he three does it, seconds. Like, he does it really fast. We're like, okay, don't hyperventilate. <laughs> Let's not taking a break. But, um, so he's, he's amazing. And like, he's better than we ever could imagine, um, from getting the diagnosis that your child has this and all the things. I honestly, to be honest, I didn't think we were going to see three. Um, I thought we were going to be a lot worse off, but he, he is proof that babies that have heart defects, there is a possibility and a chance for them and they can do well and they can thrive.
2: It's an, and it's an enormous community of people too. You know, I spoke about the chances earlier and you might think that it's, you know, it's even more rare than childhood cancer. And, um, it's actually not even as rare as childhood cancer. Uh, it's uh it's a huge community of people and it's amazing to see like in medicine they went from why are these babies passing away four or five days after they're born we don't know what's happening to we do these three surgeries that are challenging but the mortality rate is quite low uh, all things considered and and then they're pretty they live pretty normal lives after that i mean it's it's truly remarkable and, and to see him running around, you just wouldn't be able to guess. Unless you saw him with his shirt off, you wouldn't be able to guess that he, yeah. had, he had any complications yeah. like that.
3: And through it all, like, since having Rowan, like, all of these families that are popping up saying, well, my child had, may not have the same thing, but my child had this and we went to Cardinal Glennon. My child had this and we went to Cardinal Glennon. Like, that was the first thing when people told, when we told people, uh, he'll be going to Cardinal Glenn they're like that's the best hospital he could be at that's the best hospital he-. and to go back to destiny um, if we lived anywhere else Rowan would have not gone to Cardinal Glenn <laughs> he would have gone to somebody somewhere else Aaron wouldn't have gotten the job at the foundation so it all starts with Rowan <laughs> it started with him um, I wouldn't I'm not saying that his condition was the reason for all of this there's Probably more reasons that we're gonna find out eventually. But because of Rowan, this is what's happened. And now my husband works for a foundation that helps a hospital that took care of our child. Um, he has a family in all of you guys. He says it all the time that he's like, my work family, like I just love him. Like it's just the atmosphere here, I can tell, has been such a blessing to him, which blesses me which blesses rowan so
2: you know i d- you know again that the destiny i i earlier i i i'm realizing that i may have minim- minimized our faith but it's paramount to our lives and um you know it's i and I, I always say this like it's not very often you get to see the hand of god at work so obviously and uh we just know this is where we're meant to be. And not only that, but we expect really big things. And Oh, by the way, we're building a new hospital. <laughs> That's kind of a big thing. Found found out like a couple months into working here, couldn't tell any of you because I had to make a secret video about it. I know. And then eventually I could talk to some of you about it. And I was like, Oh gosh, guys, this is going to be great. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's so amazing here. And, um, it is a unique perspective i'll I'll never you know i'm I'm happy one because you guys are a lot of fun to be around um but two like I'm just like none of the off- normal office stuff about he said this and she said this it just doesn't matter to me because I'm getting to repay these people and and more kids like Rowan are gonna get to have the same treatment
0: and you and I. I mean, I've sat through this whole thing and not cried. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can anymore, but I feel like... and I come to work every day, and you are my person who, who gets it. You and I have been supremely blessed with kids that are given hands that a lot of other families don't get to experience what you and I are both blessed and lucky to be experiencing. I have a 16 year old son that a lot of other moms and dads can't say. And you have a thriving three year old son that a lot of other families can't say. And I too have felt a responsibility and debt of gratitude um, to repay. And we get to do that. And, um, so it's weird because, you know, we have people up at the hospital that do come to work here because of our mission statement, right? Through the exceptional healthcare, through our exceptional healthcare services, look at me screwing it up. Great. (laughs) Through our exceptional (laughs) healthcare services, we reveal the healing presence of God. Well, I mean... We've received exceptional care, and I sure hope that what we give back is exceptional and that we can reveal what has been exceptional for so many other families. And we would not literally be doing this podcast if you were not here and working for us. We
1: absolutely wouldn't be doing it and because uh, it's been talked about for years, and it's been mentioned, and then when we got this video guy who has production experience and specifically podcast production experience, who can say, well, hang on a second, this might work. And then we all go, hmm. And now we're here. Yeah. And that is the Glennon factor.
0: (laughs) Well, I just want to thank you both for being here and sharing and being vulnerable. And um, I think you have an incredible journey and (laughs) I can't wait to see where you go as a family and to see where we go with your gift and your talent.
2: (laughs) We're in this together now. I've chained you guys to the
0: podcast chairs. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like it or not. I made you host, so (laughs) (laughs) you can't go anywhere. and I want to thank you for taking that leap because it 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 seems far-fetched to be thinking about having a job that's in a different state across multiple bridges and that you'd have to drive 141 miles one way to get there and make us all happy whenever we see you roll through the front door and say good morning everybody. And your journey is
0: pushing us to stretch and to do more things and do more exciting things. And we can't wait to just keep doing more. So
3: thanks. Thank you guys.
1: Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Glennon Factor. Make sure you follow The Glennon Factor and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Visit glennon.org if you would like to learn more about how you can support Cardinal Glennon kids. And while you're there, feel free to share any feedback or episode suggestions on our podcast page. The Glennon Factor is recorded and produced by SSM Health Cardinal Glennon Children's Foundation. Hi, Mom! (laughs) Too bad that won't make sense on audio land.